Hello, welcome to How to Write a Novel. Quick little episode from the fucking scene of the crime. So this is a stupid little room in fucking my hometown. So I was saying last time that I have a hard time writing at home, that I don't like it, but the fucking coronavirus is making everybody stay inside and there's nowhere out there. There's no coffee shops, everything's closed. Apparently, my friend Brad's still in Japan, and you'd think, like, Japan, geez, you know, closer to the origin, it's probably worse, but uh, stuff's still open in Japan, you know? Like, he was saying, like, bars and stuff are not doing well, but they're open. Not around here, man. Fucking nothing is open. But I guess it's been longer there. I'm sure that's gonna happen here, where eventually everyone will just get fucking fed up with everything being closed, and they'll just take their chances. But yeah, I was saying I don't like writing at home. But what I've been finding, my best bet is just first thing, as soon as I wake up, just do some writing. If I can manage, like, not even go to the bathroom, just fucking let that pressure spur me to, like, get things done. Which is, it is weird, that sense of that pressure can help. Like I was saying in the uh, subways in Toronto, that used to happen to me in Montreal too, is even if you've only got like a little bit of time on transit before you get home you can really squeeze a lot into that like 10 15 20 minutes when it's like okay i've only got this much time i'm on my way home i gotta do work it's surprising how productive that can be so i guess the weird version of that is if i wake up and i gotta pee it's like well fuck i better do some writing because uh I don't, you know, I can wait 10 or 15 minutes, but it's not pleasant, but it, it sort of helps in a weird way. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. But anyway, it's still not going amazing. It's like fucking, it's hard to work on both of my stories in a day. It's like, I'll get some work done on one or on the other. Still working on this at home fucking bullshit. But this seems to be the best method, is as soon as I wake up, just fucking reach for the phone, which again, handy that I've got these old phones that uh, don't work as phones. So it's not my phone where I can check my fucking email and check my Twitter, blah, 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 blah. It's just a phone that only does writing. So just toss a fucking MP3 on some music and just do a little writing. It's not going amazing, but it's it's the best method so far. First things first, do some writing right away. But man, this feeling, so uh, I'm not in, I was saying how my parents' house was driving me nuts because there's these barky dogs and uh, there was a rat problem. They seem to have handled it pretty well, but very creepy for a little while. But finally what happened is, man, my old crazy-ass brother who's got schizophrenia and he's just fucking nuts and he refuses to see doctors and get on medication and he's just crazy. And it almost seemed weird that, like, I just, like, didn't talk to him. You know, if he said something to me, I would answer back. But I'm like, this is a little weird that I'm just not talking to him. But I've had so many experiences in the past where talking to him just leads to crazy insanity. So it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't think I can, buddy. I can't afford to have conversations with you because they're going to go nuts. And that eventually happened where, I mean, I'll save you the fucking gory details, but... He just flipped out of, like, it started because he thought I was eating his steaks, which I was not eating his fucking steaks, but, but it just, man, completely just 
but yeah, it just devolved into fucking just insanity. I mean, it's just craziness. I've, I've, but basically, I guess if you could boil any of it down to sense, it's that I'm some kind of double agent who's infiltrating the family. But it literally got to the point of him pointing at a photo of me and him as kids, and he's just screaming and yelling and crazy, and he's like, who are these people? Which one are you supposed to be? You're not him. Ugh. But... It's funny because way back in like the early 2000s, this same type of shit, this is how long, it's been 20 years of this crazy shit, but this same kind of thing spurred me out of my parents' house for the first time. The first time I moved out and got my own apartment was because I couldn't deal with that dude anymore. So it's funny, man, 20 years later, sort of similar. It's like, well, I just can't be in this house with this guy. I gotta figure something out. So luckily, I guess, luckily, quote-unquote, lucky for me anyway, my parents have another building down the street where their law office is, and they rent rooms on the upstairs floor, and they finally had to boot out this chick who used to live here who had been here forever, but I don't know, I don't really know the chick. I don't know, she had all these weird mental problems. Everybody fucking this crazy around here, and she's on some kind of disability thing and she just stopped paying her rent and eventually my mom was like after eight months of not paying the rent it's like all right you gotta go <laughs> and uh so i mean it's like it's totally fair for my mom to get rid of this fuck but but it's so creepy now because in this room it's this bizarre mixture of it's like the room's all pink and flowery and stuff, which I don't mind, I don't mind that, but it's it's the little, I don't know, it's the stuff, like, she has stuff written on the walls and this nice, pretty-looking font of, like, the heart that loves is always young and dance like no one is watching. All that type of fucking dumb shit, <laughs> you know? There's, like, a this weird print of a fairy on a wall. There's no unicorn, but almost... So it's got that feel to it, but on the other hand, as I was cleaning up the room, there's all these little fucking, the little caps from needles, and then eventually behind the bed I found some full-on needles and a fucking, you know, rubber hose, which, if I know my train spotting, is just, you know, it's so you could tie off and shoot up, and I'm just like, oh, this fucking city, this fucking province, this whole fucking place, god damn it. So it's so creepy, because it's like that... I don't know, there's a little plaque outside the room that's some shit about, like, fucking, if you've got, if you've got a house, that's cool, but it's the people who love you that make it a true home, and all this corny-ass shit, but then there's also gross needles and fucked-up crap, and I'm just like, God, dude, it's like I'm inside someone else's crazy mental illness and problems, and it's just like, fuck. But, I don't know, I've been here a couple of weeks now, and it's like... It's starting to feel a little less weird, you know, I'm just slowly getting rid of that. I mean, I obviously got rid of all the drug paraphernalia immediately, but, you know, slowly getting rid of just all the weird flowery nonsense because it just makes me feel bad about this person. Anyway, the point is, as fucking bizarre as these circumstances are, it's clearly better because now I'm in a different place where there's no barking dogs and no goddamn rats and <laughs> no brother going insane. But anyway, this is the place that I'm at. <laughs> and I wake up and I try to do some writing in the morning and it's like, yeah. But I guess, okay, well, the point I'm trying to get to is, is, yeah, this feeling is just funny that the way I think about writing is... 
as I think about it, even though it's just writing, it's this abstract task, but I think about it as being out there. It's weird. It's like my mind is thinking of like, it just rained a bunch yesterday. So even though it's the middle of winter, it got rid of a lot of the snow. And I'm like, man, I want to go outdoors. I want to go for a walk. I want to go. But again, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing out there. There's, you know, it's warm enough today, actually. I should be able to, I don't know, it's really windy though. It was a big storm yesterday. But maybe if I go to that big park across the river, maybe once I'm in the trees, it won't be that windy and it won't be that cold on the old hands and I could do some writing in there. I'm going to try. But got to do some writing from home first just to make sure that I get something done. And yeah, I was thinking, well, I mean, maybe it's not that weird that I think of writing as out in the world as a destination, a thing I go to, I go outside and I go walk to a place, even though the place is different every time, but I got to get to the place and do writing. I think it could just be connected to just the basics of like light aerobic exercise, you know, of just moving. Like even this fucking recording this podcast while I'm in one place, and it's not what I usually do. I'm usually walking around and moving. And I think that does, like, that's, I think part of why I find it so hard to write from home is I got to go move. I got to go walk. I got to go get some fresh air and get my body moving and get my fucking blood pumping and fucking get my brain moving, you know? Like, that's one of those things I definitely learned way more in my 30s than I knew back in my teens and 20s is the, the brain-body connection, you know? I guess I never thought about it too much, but I guess I mainly just thought... The brain can overcome the body and you can outthink your, your situation and you can, you know, your mental power is what's important. And I just learned way more once I got more into exercise and stuff that, uh, that the two things are just connected. And it seems so obvious and so stupid to just say it out loud, but I just never really knew that. It's like, you can't think your way out of a bad mood the same way you can if you just go walk up a hill, just go do some exercise. So I think that helps with writing a lot too, is uh, it's so hard to have ideas and to have these, you know, keep this abstract task together in my mind to figure out what the fuck is going on in my brain until I go for a walk, you know, I got to go walk for 30, 40 minutes and then, then things are loosened up, things go smoother, things work out. Otherwise, it's just like I was saying last time, it just feels like a weight. It feels like I'm trying to lift a boulder and it's not going to happen. But again, it's not the worst problem in the world, you know. A lot of other people are in much worse situations with this old coronavirus. I mean, you know, I got my little room. My room is in a way an upgrade at least now. <laughs> no more fucking yapping dogs and crazy schizophrenic men. And I can still go outside. I can still go for walks around here. It's not a big deal. There's just nowhere to go to. There's just nothing at the other end. Yeah, it keeps locking down more and more around here, where now it's like if you go to the grocery store, you gotta wait in a line, and like a bouncer lets you in, so there's only X number of people, even though it's this fucking enormous grocery store that takes up half a block, but it's still not big enough, apparently. Gotta keep things distanced. So yeah, this is a pretty short little weird-ass episode, but uh, I guess oh, another thing I wanted to say real quick is one of the things that, uh, being stuck in this dumb little room, 
just digging through old stuff, going through my old website, like my real old website that is not online anymore, and just like, I was like, oh yeah, there's some old writing on here I forgot about. It's like a demo chapter for the book I've mentioned about these kids in Tokyo that I've got a zillion notes for. It's like my oldest story that I haven't given up on. But yeah, I wrote like a demo chapter for it. I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot I even wrote that. It was on my old website. So I'm just reading it over, laying here in bed doing my little morning writing. I'm like, well, let me read this thing. And uh, it's got some moments, but it's just, it's sort of not that good. You know, I wrote this thing in my 20s. And it's not that good just, uh, I mean, even just on a basic level. It's funny because, so there's that story Black Coffee that I put in the first episode of this podcast, in episode zero, that that's like my story that really turned out well. And this is from that same era, but it's funny, this is just not as good. Like, even just the placement of commas and stuff is just wrong. It flows weird, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a little weird. I sort of sucked at that. But I did write very sporadically back then, you know, like, more like once a week instead of once a day. And then I'd take long stretches where I just didn't seem to get anything done. But just conceptually, I'm like, okay, I can see how this is just not quite right. This is not quite the thing. And I've got my first novel I tried to write from back then that, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know if that that's salvageable. But I've also got, like, a, I don't know, it's like a thing I wrote, like, 13 or 14 chapters for that was, like, a lesbian teen romance that I don't think it was awful. But again, I just, I don't know that it, I can fix it. Like, the concept wasn't bad, but just the actual writing itself, I just wasn't as good at back then. It just doesn't quite flow right. The, the, the feeling is a little off. The tone is a little weird. The, like, consistency of tone is definitely not quite there. And just the pacing, just the feeling of how things are going to go, it's just not right. It's like I can tell I'm just not as good of a writer back then. And, like, I don't go for fancy writing. It's, like, my actual... The way I actually write stuff is pretty straightforward. I was thinking I might do a podcast about that at some point. But, uh... But it's way more about just pacing and just not losing the reader. Not... You know, you want to, like, build a little world. And you want to keep people inside the little world and not lose them. And when I read my old stuff, I'm like, man, I am losing myself constantly with this. Like, there's a little moment where, oh, you got me here and you got me there, but all this other stuff, you ain't got me. So it's like the actual physical writing I did back then is probably not worth trying to revise because it's just too old, you know, it's way old. And the concept is okay, but I'm just not in that mindset anymore. I'm not in that headspace. So is that worth the bother? Like, I mean, you just got to let it go, I guess, you know, which is fine. But the point I want to make is, it's weird. I do feel like I'm in just the right groove right now, where it's like all the times that I kind of failed to finish writing in the past, maybe it wasn't so bad because what was it going to be? Was it going to be any good? Like, I just don't think I really had it in me back then, and... You know, I brought up this statistic a zillion times in this podcast, but that I read somewhere that the average age of the first-time author is, like, mid-30s. And that makes a lot of sense to me, because I just didn't have it in my, my... I just couldn't hold my ideas together in my 20s well enough, especially not writing from my teens. I've got some of that, too. 
I couldn't conceptualize the big picture and I couldn't hold the tone and I couldn't hold that feeling together enough. Where now I can and uh, like now's the time. I don't feel too bad for all the years I didn't get stuff done because I don't know that it would have been that great anyway. I do feel like now is the time. I'm glad that I'm ramping up my productivity now and being more consistent with writing because now I feel like the shit I'm doing is actually is way better. It's actually like the writing that I like. Because even back then, I don't know that I would have said that. I don't know if I would have said, like, yeah, I like my own writing. I had a very and uh, just weird relationship with it where it's like, it's like I knew there was potential, but I, it, you know, I was also like, I don't know, has the way to describe it of like, not confident that it was good, I guess. You know, if someone was like, wow, this sucks, I wouldn't fucking argue with them. The ideas were good, but the, the, uh, execution was not all there and it's weird too because i feel like this is probably just the bell curve of life right it's like i didn't have my shit together when i was younger right now is where i think things are going to work out and i think the stuff that i write is going to be pretty good but then yeah like i was saying in my two-year anniversary podcast everybody gets old and everybody sucks you know eventually you get to a point where people just aren't doing good shit anymore and I got to assume that's going to happen to me when I'm fucking 70, 80. I mean, probably my shit's going to be all fucked up. So this might be it, you know? This might be the little golden time. This might be the time in life that everything works out. Maybe I won't have 20 novels in me because I'll eventually just become an old fucking weirdo who sucks. But if I can, you know, get a few, <laughs> how much can a person ask of themselves? You know, if I can get a few novels out there during this little golden time when uh, I seem like I've got my skills together enough, but I haven't degenerated into oldism yet. I mean, what else? What else can you ask for, right? That's all you can really fucking. <laughs> all right. Well, there's that podcast. Let's never do this again fucking podcast from the fucking creepy ass room so i'm mp3 player i got uh just my mass of songs that i'm just digging through to see if i like them or not and then i've got a folder called classic of just songs that are super awesome that i'm like yeah hold on to that for now so then i got the folder called cool that's songs that i've been listening to lately that i think are cool all right, let's listen to Baggy Trousers by The Transplants. This is a cover of a song by a band called Madness that came out in the early 80s, and it's just catchy as shit. All right. Different ways to make a different dude. God damn. 
A quick little post-song bit. I was reading a little more from this old demo chapter thing that I wrote 20 fucking years ago. And one of the things I'm noticing about it that I think is kind of a problem is it's just two characters talking, which is kind of my modus operandi. It's what I basically always fucking do. But definitely uh, one of the things I'm noticing is you can really tell it's like just a guy talking to a girl and the guy character has got like an agenda in the way that like I've got these ideas, I got these, I probably had little notes written down or like, okay, here's what he's going to talk about. And he just talks about them. And it just makes it, it just doesn't feel right. It's like, this is not really an interesting conversation to read. This doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like some fucking nerd who has all these things that he wants to say to a girl. <laughs> and he does. So I don't know, I guess that maybe that's something you could be mindful of in writing that uh, I certainly never noticed at the time, but I mean, it's good advice in writing, it's good advice in real life, you know? If you're one of those fucking people that just sits there and talks about yourself, I mean, obviously I'm doing that now. This whole podcast is me talking about myself, but I try not to do that in real life, you know? It's like, it's like, uh, I was actually, I was just hanging out in Toronto before I left Toronto. I had this little, uh, little get-together at my friend Ray Ann's place, and we were all just hanging out, drinking, watching fucking music videos. And we were talking about how we know people that have, like, agendas, you know? Like, the big one is I got this one friend of mine who's obsessed with the beats, the beat generation, Allen Ginsberg, all that stuff. He can't go fucking ten minutes without bringing it up. It's all he wants to talk about. And it's like, man, nobody cares, dude. <laughs> it's like, nobody cares. And a lot of people have their thing like that. They're like thing that they want to keep coming back to. They're like uh, the politics thing or sometimes it can be just the fucking, I don't know, just their fucking downbeat worldviews or whatever. There's all kinds of things, but it's like, and the thing is I've got those things. I've got those things that I, that are all I'm actually interested in, that are all I actually want to talk about. But I try not to do that to people, you know, I try not to just apply my fucking, I mean, I'll get it out somewhere else, like, I guess that's the point of, like, this podcast, you know, this is where I can just get it out, this is where I can talk about all my shit, but I'm not gonna fucking put somebody in social handcuffs by forcing them to listen to me in real life, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I was just thinking of that thing at Ray Ann's because she mentioned, like, that, yeah, if, uh, if someone starts to talk over me in like a party setting, I always demure because I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You know, I just want the party to be a thing. I just want conversations to happen. They don't need to be about me. Sure, deep down, I wish I could just tell everyone exactly all the big deep shit that I thought about. 
but it's fucking annoying when people are like that. And I was probably more like that when I was in my 20s and reading this story. I'm like, yeah, this character is like that. He's just blah, blah, blahing. And the, the point I'm trying to get to is it's, it's a boring, it makes for a boring story. It's boring to read writing with an agenda. It can have a message, it can have a theme, it can have all this stuff, but it shouldn't be on its sleeve, you know? It shouldn't be the thing that is just... In the example of this demo chapter I wrote, it's this punk guy in Tokyo, and he's just talking about before he was a punk and how he was kind of a nerd. But it doesn't feel like the girl he's talking to actually cares. It's not like she's actually interested. It's way more just, this is what this guy wanted to say. This is what this guy wanted to get off his chest. And I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the time when I worked in a comic shop and I was surrounded by all my nerd friends and they were driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to fucking identify. So yeah, in writing and in life, man, good rule of thumb, don't, uh, I mean, I guess the ultimate way is just to literally talk about the other person or like ask the other person stuff. Like that's the best way, I guess, not to be uh, an annoying blowhard. I have a hard time with that though. Cause I, I just never feel comfortable asking people about their lives, even if they would want me to, like, it just feels, uh, invasive. I've always been way more of like the, if you want to tell me I'm here, I'm ready to absorb and discuss or even just bear witness to the things you're telling me if you want to tell me, but I, it's hard for me to ask. I, I don't find that that easy, but I can at least, uh, these days I'm pretty, pretty good at at least not just, uh, applying my agenda to others. Because a lot of people aren't, man. They're fucking annoying. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's play another song. Whatever. Fuck it. Uh, this is a band called Kano Head. There's this guy on YouTube. It's called Holistic Songwriting is his channel. And he just uh, talks about the uh, philosophy behind music, you know. And his first season of his show was a lot of pop music stuff. And then his second season got a lot more interesting to me. That's how I found him, because he got way more into Deftones and that type of shit. And then he put out his own album. He's like, you know what, instead of just being a teacher, let's put my money where my mouth is, let's make an album. So he made this whole album by himself. And it's like, oh, geez, yeah, this guy. It's surprising that his early YouTube teaching stuff was so based on pop music, because it's clearly not what he's into. He's into fucking new metal, man. <laughs> so his album, it's... It's a definite throwback, and some of it's kind of good. Anyway, this song's called A Message by Kano Head, and that just seems appropriate, because, yeah, it's like... Chill out with your message. No one cares about your message. No one wants to hear it, and that does not make for good dialogue in a story when somebody's just desperately trying to spew a fucking philosophy all over somebody else or some deep fucking thoughts. That shit sucks. So to make your conversations more realistic, try to think about a real conversation in real life. And is anybody going to sit there and listen to your fucking shit? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll humor you. But they don't enjoy it. And the whole time they're just waiting to tell someone else what a fucking blowhard you are. So chill it with that shit. <laughs> Here's a message by Kanoed. Now let's end this episode for real. Adios. 
a fine line running between love and hate and God and Satan. If there's ever such a thing, face it. Cause lately I've been cornering myself in, making myself think that it's harder than it is just to escape it from hated to overrated to jaded. 